Welcome to Thoughts Off the Stem. I'm Justin Baroni, and today we're still smoking on the Bruce Banner because I've got a lot of it, like I've said in the past few episodes or sessions, and uh, I'm continuing to smoke it. This week, I've got a little something to get off my chest, I guess. Uh, there's not going to be any weed facts, and uh, there's no dude for real facts. This is a straight monologue, I guess. I don't know. I wanted to talk about addiction. Um, like I said, we're smoking the Bruce Banner. The Bruce Banner is, uh, roughly probably, I think about 19 to 22% THC. Um, it seems to be indica leaning if it's not an indica, uh, I've got it in the bong. I'm not smoking a joint today because this is an impromptu podcast. I'm smoking the pipe. Um, and yeah, that's what's in both. Um, I gotta stop saying, um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about addiction because I have a question for you. I want to know if you think that um, weed is an addictive substance. I'm of the mind that weed's addiction is more of a mental addiction. It's not necessarily a physical addiction. Now, I'm not saying I'm the end-all be-all of whatever this situation is um, or, you know, even like a pillar of study <laughs> in terms of what addiction actually constitutes. Uh, but I just, I, okay, there's a couple things. Like I'm gonna tell you a story in a minute about um, my personal life and some a, a situation where addiction became an issue and it became a part of my life, it became a part of my kid's life, it became a part of my family life. Now I'm separated. My ex, uh, the, the mother of my kids, lives not too far from me. I like it that way so that the kids can go back and forth and stuff like that. And they have the option to just come over and hang out and stay whenever they want as opposed to having like a set schedule, okay? So one of the things that I've been trying to, what I, one of the things that I've been thinking about, because this has been pressing on my mind lately, and uh, this is why I'm doing this podcast. But essentially, when my ex and I were together, um, there was a lot of talk about me being addicted to weed based on how much weed I smoked. Now, you have to understand that one, the most amount of weed that I ever smoked was about a half ounce a week. Now, that seems like pretty excessive, but think about it and think about it this way, okay? I didn't miss work. I didn't miss any of my like parental duties because I was high. I mean, I'm sure she probably has like a different thing, but I was always around with the kids other than when I was working. I was always available to the kids. Um, I was always willing to help out. I was always willing to do things with the kids, right? Even when they were little, little. But back in the day, I want to say like maybe 15 years ago, um, the idea that I was addicted to weed sort of crept into our relationship. And at the time I was doing poppers, it was when my first kid was uh, just before, well, I mean, up from the time I was about 21 to 28, I think it was. 
maybe a little before that, maybe 26, I would do poppers. And I've done an episode on this, or a session on this, where poppers, are, I think, are like the fucking crack of wheat. You should stay away from it, for sure. A lot of the times when you do a popper, if you don't know what it is, it's it's... You get like a pop bottle, let's say like a 7-Up bottle, you burn a hole, you put a little light, a little tube in it, uh, it's made for lighting, it's metal, you're probably smoking a bunch of shit you shouldn't be, um, and you pop that in the bottle, okay? Then you put the weed in the tube, and most of the time you put cigarettes as like a little bit of a, a cushion for the weed, like a... Not even a filter because you burn the whole thing when you pop it through, but you pop it through, you take it, and it's like that little bit of weed, which I'm telling you is like a pinch. Like if you were to make a pile of weed and then grab a little pinch out of it, that's a popper, okay? So I would do that, but I would do a lot of them. Like a half a half quarter, so what, three and a half grams would last me like maybe a day at the most. You know what I'm saying? So there, I took a lot of heat for having this addiction to weed. Um, and always wanted weed. Now, one of the things that I always said was like, I was never addicted. And I don't, I am of the belief that you can't get physically addicted. I'm not necessarily right in this, but this is my belief. I think that you're, that the addiction to weed is mental. I think that weed provides you such a carefree and happy high that essentially what it, that what it does is it makes you want it because things in your life are not going the way that you planned it to go okay and i think that's obviously like i not obviously but i think that's sort of the crutch of like all addiction life's not going the way you wanted it to so you search other you search to other things to find that thing that's going to make you happy right that's going to give you at least a few hours of euphoria because you're not getting it in in whatever it is that you're doing. So I took a lot of heat as somebody that was addicted to weed. I always said I was never addicted to weed. But to be honest, to tell the 100% truth, I think there was at one point I was mentally addicted to weed. Where it wasn't necessarily that I had to have like and inhaled the smoke. It was that I had to have the feeling. The feeling of... Um, euphoria, like I said, the feeling of like accomplishment, because for whatever reason, <laughs> weed makes you feel like you're you're accomplished, you're a bad motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So like, I that's sort of where I was coming from in terms of my weed use. I was trying to find the thing that made me comfortable in the situation that I was in. So I in turn and and okay, so to get like. In reflection of thinking about that scenario a lot over the years and seeing where I'm at now today and I'm not saying I was I'm not saying like I deserve anybody's like praise or anything like that I'm not saying that I'm just telling you the straight facts of like how I got into weed and how I've how I've come to like really enjoy it but at the same time I'm also talking about real addiction and I'm, I never got addicted to really hard drugs and thing, or anything like that. Like, I was never, I mean, I have a heart condition. So I was never into cocaine. I was never into, like, trying anything harder than something that's natural. So I would all, I stick to smoking weed. I like hash. Occasionally, I've taken mushrooms. So in the last couple of years, I haven't really. But I find that mushrooms, you have to take in, 
You have to take mushrooms when you're in a position where you're trying to figure something out. That's how it works the best with me. Like, I haven't really ever had a really bad mushroom trip. And I think that's in part because a lot of the times when I take mushrooms, if I feel like shit, I don't take the mushrooms. If I'm in a good mood, if I'm happy, if like I'm having a good time and I'm in a, a mentally good space, I'll take some mushrooms. So that's all I've ever needed. And even that is like a little bit too strong for me. There's a certain point where I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to go too deep. Okay. But I've never gotten into like pills. I've never got into powder. I've never got into anything like that. Everything I've ever, uh, sort of changed my or altered my consciousness with has been something that has been natural grows in the ground is tangible um well i guess pills and powder are tangible but my point is is that i've always used whatever i've whatever i've used i've always been in the p position of seeking it out because i want to find out something new I want to find out if there's a way to get through the situation that I'm in, okay? That's where I've come from. So that's why I don't necessarily believe that you have, uh, you can have a physical addiction to weed. I think you have a mental addiction to it. Now, that's not to say that it, for some people it's not the case. You do have a, like I'm sure there is. Weed reacts differently with everybody's uh, system. So you can, there's different shit that you can feel. And I know that when I went from smoking poppers, I had to stop smoking poppers. Like it just had to be done. It was too much. So what I did was I cut back on poppers. So ultimately what I did was I took a month off. I forced myself to take a month off. And those first two weeks after doing poppers was like fucking hell. Like the days were forever. They took fucking forever to get through. I couldn't like, there wasn't a, any amount of TV that could make it make four o'clock in the afternoon become 10 o'clock at night and then trying to sleep. Fucking good luck. Like my whole routine was get home from work, have a couple poppers, come hang out with the kids, do whatever I got to do. Um, couple hours later, go do a couple more poppers. Okay. Come back upstairs, do some poppers or I mean do some poppers, <laughs> hang out with the kids. Uh, and just generally, you know, try to be a good dad. But like, I, I wanted to be high because I wanted to wash off the self-disappointment. Let's put it that way. Okay. So in the midst of this, I realized that like poppers were too much. Like it was, first of all, it was an afford affordability thing. It can't, it started to get to the point where I was like, I'm spending like 120 bucks a week to try and keep this thing going. So I got to stop smoking poppers. Now, my wife's or my wife, my ex stopped, my kid's mom stopped smoking because she was pregnant. So, you know, stop smoking. So she went cold turkey. It was probably hell for her too. Cause she was right there doing poppers with me. But then once she got sort of, once she stayed sober and didn't get into any, anything that would alter your, your mind, right. It started to become, Hey, you have an addiction to wheat. So I listened and I cut down on poppers. Um, like I said, when I started cutting down on poppers, I cut, I, what I did was I went cold turkey for a week or a week, a, a month. And the first two weeks were fucking hell. The first week, the first seven days was, oh my God, I wanted like, I went through an, a range of emotions, but I never had, see, like I'm the type of person that if I really want something, then yeah, I feel it. 
You know what I mean? Like, if I really want something, if I really want to get something, if I really want to achieve something, I feel it in my bones. So my reaction becomes not just mental, but also physical. I store it up. And I think that, uh, a side note, I think that you store up energy like that in your muscles. So anyway, I was told by my ex at the time we were together that, hey, you're probably too deep into this. So I said, all right, I don't want to stop smoking weed, but I'll stop smoking poppers. And the only way to stop smoking poppers was to go cold turkey because I tried where it was like, oh, if I smoke, you know, one or two here and there, it's not a big deal. Or if I put it off or didn't allow, it just seemed that if I smoked, then it just became regular again. It just led right back into being the same shit, right? So eventually after a few months i finally said fine i'll just take a month off and the first two weeks were hell but after the first two weeks i'm not saying that i was okay i still had that mental like oh i could go for a joint right now oh man this is tough i don't, I don't want to deal with it i want to do that so i guess it has like weed can have all the hallmark moments of addiction but i don't think that you're physically drawn to it I've never had to fucking kick heroin or meth or anything like that. So I don't know what the comparison is. If you have, I mean, fuck, more power to you. Because the mental attachment that I have to that I had to weed at the time, or even popper specifically, was nuts. Like, it, uh, it was so hard. Like, you had to really fucking focus and control your own thoughts. It was tough, man. But I, I do think it made me a better person, for sure. Because then I was able to recognize and have a little bit more introspection without the weed you know I could do it on my own once I was told about this so anyway so I stopped smoking weed for a month uh, when I went back I did a popper because the guy that I was getting weed from did poppers that's all he did so I had a popper dude I was so fucked up off that thing like I was so high I had to spend an extra hour or two at his place having a nap before I left to go home <laughs> okay that's fucking how bad it was so i'm saying like you can definitely get it's i think you can get dependent on weed i don't necessarily think that you become physically addicted to it i've said that a hundred i've said the physically anyway i think that i think that yeah you become dependent on it you do you depend on it to give you the feeling that you're not getting on your own but once you kick that and once you move on to accomplishing things and seeing that you can accomplish things away from weed um and your situation starts to change i think that we can like i did i reincorporated weed back into my routine right so after doing poppers for years and years and years and only doing poppers i wouldn't smoke a joint not a bong nothing just poppers because it's fucking hot dude it would one little popper is like the equivalent of smoking an entire joint in one quick shot like you take the whole fucking thing okay i'm sure you're doing major damage to your lungs but it was it was really intense and it would last a long time so i can say from that perspective that i that i got uh mentally addicted to weed i think But I didn't see any physical things. Like I didn't have any sweats. I didn't get any headaches. I didn't get anything like that. Like the closest thing that I can equate to the addiction or kicking weed was like trying to kick smoking. And I still haven't fully kicked smoking. There are times when I do have a cigarette. Um, but I find that cigarettes mental as well. I don't have, I've tried, I have done it before where I've quit for six months or whatever. And you don't, I don't get 
the same kind of withdrawals and things like that. Like I just get this steady mental fixation. But I think that's because that's my personality. Like if I really, like I said, if I really want something, if I want to achieve something or whatever, I get fixated on that one thing. And I think that's what happened with weed at that time. I think I got mentally fixated on what the weed was providing me in a situation that I was uncomfortable in, that I didn't think I was achieving in, that I didn't think that I was succeeding in, right? It was giving me that, oh, well, whatever, it's all good. Everything's gonna still keep moving, go, you know, that kind of mentality. And I think that was my attraction to weed. Now, this all comes down to the fact that I know that we have our own struggles and I know that we have our own issues. I know that we have our own reasoning for doing certain things. But in 2020, right about the time COVID started to become like a major issue, okay? I was forced into a position where I had to identify what an addiction really was. And that's why I say like, I, was, I didn't get addicted to harder drugs. I believe that I was mentally addicted to um, what marijuana provided for me at the time, but I was over able to overcome that. And now that I see the benefits of the whole plant, of the whole experience, and how to use it sometimes as a tool, and not how and how do you and how when not to use it, because that's the other thing. Like you got to realize there's a time there's a there's a time where you probably shouldn't alter your state of mind. You should probably keep it pretty focused because. It's probably more beneficial to you to stay focused than it is to relieve the stress of the situation. Okay? So once I started to recognize that and realize that, I realized that I had not an addiction to weed, but, oh fuck, what's the word? I totally zoned out. <laughs> I didn't zone out. I just can't remember the fucking word. I hope you're enjoying the sesh. I know this one's a little different, but I figured, fuck it, I'll give it a shot. You know, I've got nothing but, I've got nothing to lose, man. <laughs> I've just got a couple things to talk about, I guess. Yeah. So I hope you're enjoying the sesh. I hope you're having a good week. I hope everything's treating you well. Um, but essentially, sorry, my pipe, some fucking weed came through the pipe, so I'm trying to wipe it off my tongue. It's not working very well. Anyway, there we go. All right. So what I'm trying to say, I guess, or, or where I'm going with this is that like, I was called out for having an addiction. And the more that our uh, relationship progressed and the more, like we have three kids. And the more that our relationship progressed and finally came to a demise, essentially. My ex started hanging out with some people that like I would never hang out with, number one. I don't know why. And this was after our relationship broke up. I don't know why she started hanging out with these people. I don't know what really happened. And I'm not going to tell her story, but essentially what I'm going to say is this. I was put in a position where I had to identify a real addiction. 
An addiction to something that was considerably harder and considerably more physical than some kind of mental addiction to a plant. And the position that I was put in was the fact that I had three kids with this woman that, uh, you know, I live closely to and I try to keep, um, I try to stay close to because I think it's more beneficial for the kids to have that than it is for me to be close and deal with all the bullshit that goes on. But it also, it allows me as a dad and as a partial control freak <laughs> to oversee the influence that happens around my kids. And for all the talk about my addiction to weed or supposed addiction to weed and my gravitation towards it as a, as a way to cope, as a coping mechanism, my ex ended up in a full-fledged addiction. And again, I'm not going to go into the full details of what her situation was, but I'm going to tell you what kind of position this put me in. Because I think a lot of people, what they want to know is like, if you're dealing with somebody with an addiction, how do you fucking deal with them? Well, if you're a family member, if you're a close friend, if you truly care about that person, you'll essentially kick down fucking doors to help that person. And it's not because you want to continue a relationship with that person really, but it's because you, you care that that life maintains some kind of progress as, a, as opposed to falling victim to bullshit circumstance, I think. Okay, because uh, let's be honest, the circumstance where you're using drugs are all bullshit. And like, like if you're using it to get high and just have a good time, it's still a bullshit reason. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a reason, but it's still a bullshit reason. So, my wife after, my ex, after having chided me for having an having a, an addiction ended up having her own addiction to <coughs> booze and I think cocaine was the big one and I don't know I don't have any like real understanding or sympathy for those kind of drugs because I I've never I've never really seen it in action I've never done it I've never experienced it um I've just seen the end results, essentially, of somebody that gets too, too stuck into the addiction of drugs. Now, those drugs, if you're doing them frequently enough, I believe that you get physically addicted. It changes your whole chemical makeup. Your body starts having to work differently to dump whatever is uh, you know, in your system because it's not actually supposed to be there, whereas weed sort of intermingles with it. And in certain doses can actually benefit it. But, you know, again, I'm not saying that anyone's right or wrong. What I'm trying to say is that her addiction took her down a road that forced me into doing a couple things that I that I knew were going to put me in um, a really negative position with her. Uh, put me in a position where I ha may have to explain myself to a lot of people, including the courts. It never came to that, but I knew that that was the case. It might happen like that. She fell down a road of, uh, of addiction so deep that a neighbor called me one day and said, hey, such and such is gonna happen if your ex doesn't get out of her house. 
So apparently some people had taken over their situation, taken over her situation. The kids had, had, I, okay. All right, let me slow this down. This is very like a very poignant situation for me, but I feel like I got to get it off my chest. I got to fucking tell. <laughs> I got to tell the story because I think there's a lot of people that, um, like I said, are on the outside of addiction and don't know how to help. So this is what I did. Okay, I started to notice months before I actually decided to bring the kids over to my house full time. I started to notice little things like the kids were being left alone for hours on end. Um, they were having a hard time getting mom up in the morning to get going, things like that. Little itty bitty things. She was losing weight like crazy. Um, there was a lot of scattered odd texting back and forth that didn't make a lot of sense. Like it wasn't about the kids. It was about, um, not the kids, extracurricular activities, we'll call it that. And that had not happened. And at that point we were like a year or two separated. So like it didn't make sense. So there were little landmarks that sort of pointed out uh, something bad was going on. So finally, when I got it, when I got to, when I got a hold on it was when I found out from a neighbor that some nefarious people <laughs> had taken over her residence. That's what she said. I don't know if that was the case, but I know that after that, it was really hard to get a hold of my ex. So I went over one day and I grabbed all the kids and I brought them to my house. I kept them at my place. I spent several times trying to discuss with her whatever the fuck was going on and, you know, stuff like that. Now, one of the things that, like, I realized that I had to do was I had to put serious pressure on how this whole thing played out. Because I, at this point... The addiction to cocaine and whatever else had become so deep that she was choosing that over the kids. I'm not trying to put anybody in a bad light because people go through a whole bunch of different shit, man. And I understand like when I, my, when our thing, uh, dissolved and we were, I went, I became single again. I drank a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I put myself in a place where numbing everything was the best thing to do. So don't get me wrong, I understand to a certain extent um, how you can fall into an addiction. I'm not trying to criticize anybody. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tell you if you care about the person that is falling addicted to these things, there are levels to that shit. The first level is some erratic behavior. The second level is that they cut everybody off, okay? They even start to neglect the things that are the most important to them, all right? Then, if you're in a public housing scenario, like this one is, okay, some people that shouldn't be living in a fucking house move into a fucking house. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not a tough guy. And I'm not any, like, oh, you can't fuck with me kind of dude. I've had my ass whooped plenty of fucking times, okay? But, if you care about somebody, if you care about, and the care comes from the fact that you want this person to be around for your children, dude... I'm telling you, you'll fight tooth and nail for that shit. 
And you have to. When you think you're ready to give up, don't fucking give up. Because everything that they do in that in that state is motivated, 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 <laughs> motivated by trying to score, by trying to um, deceive everybody into thinking everything's normal when it's not. You have to read the external signs. You know what I'm saying? So all these little things that sort of started adding up ended up with the kids in my possession. It came down to the fact that. The things that I had heard, I don't know for sure. I can't verify. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I don't know. But I heard that were going on in that house were unacceptable to anybody as far as I was concerned. So my main focus is obviously that my kid's mother gets her shit together and is in my kid's lives. Okay. The addiction had taken to the point where she was non-existent in their life. Okay, because she had like they she could come over anyway The point is is that I had to take drastic steps. I had to get together with her sister We had to sit down. We had to devise a plan where we called the cops and essentially kicked in the fucking door Okay, I threatened people in the fucking neighborhood allegedly <laughs> I may or may not have explained that I don't care if you see how you see me or what you think I am in in terms of our relationship or her or, or my relationship to her. You need to understand that there is no next move for you. Whatever happens from here on out, this is taken too far. So now that the fact that neighbors are calling me to say that there's a problem, I'm coming in and I'm kicking your fucking door in. That's what I'm doing. I may end up completely fucked up. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is that the shit that, that matters in your life, you need to fight for. And so as a person being on the outside of an addiction, I can only imagine, like, I fought like a motherfucker to help her get out of that. She still fucking hates me. She still thinks that I caused her all these fucking problems with friends and, and people not wanting to be around her and stuff like that. Okay, like, I am the reason that her life sucks still. <laughs> okay, and this is like... A year and a bit later all right and she's doing considerably better all right but the thing is is that I fought so fucking hard with her sister her she won't even talk to her sister that's how far fucking addiction takes you man you get so involved in the life that you're living in the people that you're around even though they're fucktards <laughs> okay that you decide to stick up for them you try to keep them at your side because oh well I might need something from them one day no, you're fucking tough enough to be you and do you and get through. That's the deal. That's what I 100% believe. Because when I was in a position where I had to get over a mental hurdle about how I felt about a fucking plant, and that was tough enough to me. I couldn't imagine trying to get through the hurdle of being addicted to something that essentially makes your body need it to function. That's fucked up. But if you're in a position where you can affect somebody that's in that situation, you need to fucking do it. And you need to do it because they deserve it. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Like you have to, if you're involved with somebody like that, you have to kick down the door. You have to call the cops. You have to be the fucking bad guy. You have to be the bad guy that's on the good side. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a point where I was so heavy into it. I'm not even going to fucking lie. I thought about, oh, I'll just go in. I'll just go in and clear out the fucking house. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I would just... Fully tear that shit up. But obviously, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm a dad. I have three kids. I'm a sane person. <laughs> okay? 
But you have to take that mentality. You have to, I'm not stopping until this shit is completely fucked up. And that's what I did. I had to, I had to get so involved that I pulled in the cops. I pulled in my, her sister brought, her sister came into it. We kind of, we both knew things were going on. I was trying to figure it out before her sister got wind of it, but unfortunately she did. And then she got brought into it. Ultimately, ultimately what I did after her sister got brought into this whole situation was I just kept an eye on it. I became like a fucking private eye. It became my full-time fucking job. Okay. I, not that I followed her around all the time, but I had people in the neighborhood calling me. I was like fucking L, whatever the hell his name is. You know what I mean? Like I was the dude. The neighborhood, when I got up at nine in the morning, I was getting phone calls constantly about what was going on, who was going into that house, who was coming out. I'm not saying that I'm a bad motherfucker. I like to think that I'm a bad motherfucker, but I'm not saying that I am. But what I am saying is that my concern, my belief in that life and her ability to pull her shit together was so strong that I was not willing to take the chance to leave her out, leave her on her own. You know what I'm saying? So it culminated in this is what ended up happening. And this is where she started to kind of get her shit together. Cause like I said, I had the cops at her place a few times. I went over with the cops, her sister and myself to talk to her while she was having a huge party because I knew she was having a huge party. And most of the people at the fucking party were people that uh, had warrants. And I was trying to find a way in for the cops just to clear out the fucking house so I could have a conversation with her. And that didn't go well. <laughs> but it kind of shocked her because we surprised her. The next thing I did was uh, I found out who all the dudes were that were apparently running the shit in her house. So I put tabs on them. All the people in the neighborhood, she had a car. All the people in the neighborhood t would tell me anytime that car left the fucking house. So you know what I did? One day, I found out that the guy that had sort of, I guess, decided the house was the takeover spot had taken her car. Now, I assumed at this point, if I'm getting a phone call that he's taking her car, she's fucked up. So he's taking her car somewhere. So I said, well, call the fucking cops. <laughs> you can call me a snitch. I don't give a shit. Okay. Because here's the bottom line. This had to do with my kid's mother. And whether we're together or not, she deserves and they deserve to have her and her be in their life. Okay? So, sure enough, I get these motherfuckers nailed. And I got to watch the whole shit fall, buddy. <laughs> they got nabbed at a gas station that was like a, about a, not a kilometer, a block away from my house. I heard from a friend that that was happening. And I whipped over to a parking lot across the street and I watched the whole fucking thing unfold. Again, I'm not saying I'm a bad motherfucker. I'm just saying that I'm creative. And if you're going to fuck with the people that are in my family, I'm going to help them out. Whether it's a drug, whether it's a bad person, I'm the person that you can lean on to help you out. Why? Because even though I haven't seen it and been in that dire a situation, I have been in a point where I realized that my actions and the things that I were doing were starting to affect and essentially cut out the people that I wanted around me and the right people around me, right? So this is essentially why I'm talking about this because as a person that has dealt with addiction um, from someone that it really should be somebody that I, that I don't want in my life, 
that's aside the fact. The fact is, this came down to my mother, or my mother, <laughs> my kid's mother and my ex. And the fact that she deserves to be in their life. So what I'm saying is, if you're around anybody that's like in a situation like that, no matter how hard it is, because you're going to feel like it's all fucked up. They tell you all kinds of bullshit. They end up taking off on you, even when you're offering help. They, they find every way to guilt you into thinking that you didn't do the right thing when you did. I'm telling you that you did because I've been through it and I know that you did the right thing because a year and a half fucking later, we're in a position where the kids are at, hang out with her. She's with them, you know, half the time, whatever they go, they hang. It's, it's a full turnaround. It's a complete 180. Like they're, I'm impressed. And it's, and it's because she wanted to deal with it, which was, I'm sure is considerably harder than the, the being out, outside the immediate factor. It was considerably harder than what I had to deal with. But what I had to deal with, I could tell you from, it's fucking tough. But if you care, you got to follow through. I took a lot of shit from friends being like, oh, you still love her. You still want to be with her and all this stuff. No, I did it. I don't. That's not the point. The point is, is that my kids deserve their, her friends deserve, she deserves and her family deserves to have her around. Cause I don't know how at fucking 35 years old, you end up with the fucking crack and meth addiction. Now, again, I don't know if that's what she was actually addicted to. I know cocaine was one of the things, but the point is, is that like, you have to be there no matter how much you become the fucking scapegoat for them. You have to be the person that stands up and says, fuck that. I know that this shit's going to keep, it's going to get better if I keep knocking down the door. I, like I said, I took the cops to her place on my own or with her sister, sorry. I had a time about a month or two later where I took the cops on my own because fuck that. I don't give a shit. We can, we can cowboy it up all fucking day. It doesn't matter. But these resources are in place to help you get the results that that person deserves. And sometimes that person can't do it on her own. And the reason that they can't do it on her or him, the reason that they can't do it on their own is because the people that are surrounding them don't want them to get any of that. You have to be tougher than their need to have whatever it is that they have. You have to want that regular life for them. You have to want to be able to pull them out of it. You have to want to help. And it gets fucking tough. That's all I'm saying. It gets really fucking tough. So I know that I can tell you from First-hand experience. If you're going to get involved with something, somebody with addiction, you better be 100 fucking percent in. Uh, if you're dealing with somebody like that now, definitely get to the 100 percent in. I know it's tough. I know people tell you all kinds of bullshit. And I know that everything that you do seems to come back to bite you in the ass. It will forever. But you have to under, you have to see the bigger picture. You have to see that whatever impact you're making on that person is actually impacting their life for the better. So the ultimate outcome is that they're doing better, much better than they were before. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting to. And that's really what it was, I guess, was on my chest. I feel a lot fucking better right now. Holy shit. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the sesh. Those are my thoughts off the stem. I hope you join me next week. Uh, Justin, I hope you join me. Justin Baroni next week on Thoughts Off the Stem at 4.20 p.m. on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, YouTube, uh, WeTube, wherever you get a podcast. It's out there. Uh, good pods, pod chaser. And don't forget to check out Tots420.com for uh, weed facts 
all the links for the audio podcast where you can get the video podcast. Um, what else? Uh, the Todd's 420 shop. Pick up your hoodie. Pick up your hats. Pick up your mugs. I got stickers. You can get stickers. You can put them on your laptop. Pow! <laughs> uh, and check out uh, the weed facts. Uh, the do for real facts. Uh, especially if you're high, man. Some of those are pretty fucking funny. And then check out the affiliate links with the guys that I sell glass and pick up yourself. Pick, pick up yourself. Pick yourself up with a new dab rig or a new bong or a new pipe or something glass, man. That's what I'm saying. And if you use the code uh, capitalized T-O-T-S with a four, a two, and a zero uh, at checkout as the code, you will save money on your dab rig or whatever it is you buy there. Uh, Yeah, because I believe in saving money on your tools (laughs) so you have more fuel. (laughs) That's right. Again, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to me rant. I really appreciate you. I hope you come back next week. Until next time, keep your lids low, baby.